Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin, and each week I talk about issues of faith, scripture, and everyday life that I think may be of interest to all people in their journey of faith. All of us have spiritual needs, and we have different means of fulfilling them. I hope that you find something here that's valuable to you. This week, I'm addressing an issue that most of us confront often. How to say, I'm sorry. We say that when we've wronged someone. Saying we're sorry is difficult because it forces us to confront our own bad behaviors and then own up to them to somebody else. I am convinced, however, that if we can learn to apologize in a routine and timely manner, make it a habit, that our lives will be made better and we can live with true lightness in our souls. In doing a bit of research in the Bible, I found that there really isn't a lot of direct advice about how to apologize. For some reason, the Bible talks more about forgiving other people than asking their forgiveness. But Jesus does say this in his teaching in Matthew. When you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. You know, the most telling thing about this passage is that Jesus puts apologizing to other people that we have harmed or offended, above apologizing to God. You see, that was what the uh, uh, altar was all about. It was the practice of the Jewish faith that Jesus observed to go to the temple, to offer a gift to God, to give God thanks, and to essentially apologize and ask God's forgiveness. But Jesus says, go take care of your human offenses first. One implication is that when we wrong others, we wrong God. And when we say we're sorry to others, we're saying we're sorry to God. So whenever you say you're sorry, you're killing two birds with one stone. When we think about the practice of offering gifts at the altar, we begin to see that there's more than meets the eye to apologizing. It's a complex process that starts with acknowledging or confessing what we have done wrong, stating our remorse, and then asking for forgiveness. It also brings up the possibility sometimes of making restitution for what we've done. Why is it so hard to say, I'm sorry, two little words. It's because by definition, it's a humiliating experience. We are intentionally humbling ourselves before another person, sometimes a whole group of people. I remember one time kind of losing it in front of a class of seventh graders in a confirmation. Keep in mind that I was an experienced teacher having taught junior high kids in public schools. And I kind of prided myself in my ability to keep order in a 
congenial way, often using humor rather than authoritarian tactics. But this day, and I can't remember why, this group of rowdy, noisy, disinterested teenagers pushed the right buttons and I exploded. I slapped my hand on the podium and shouted, Shut up, damn it! Oof. I have to admit that almost 30 years later, I feel a bit of shame even sharing that story with you. Now, I really, I usually don't yell, and I almost always don't swear, at least out of anger. But boy, did that room get quiet. As I stood there in front of those kids, I felt embarrassed. Pastors aren't supposed to behave that way, and I had let them down. Through my outburst, I betrayed a sacred trust that I'd made with them and their parents to serve as a good role model. And I knew that I messed up. And so, I apologized. I told them that the way I reacted was wrong, and I promised them I wouldn't do it again. Then we moved on and got back to our lesson. And I never did do that again. Looking back, I realized that after my bad behavior, I'd offered a pretty effective apology. One of the things that I avoided that could have ruined my apology was seeking to excuse my behavior in some way, and putting the responsibility back on the students. I could have said, I'm sorry I exploded, but you guys are just out of hand. You need to show me some respect. Well, here's my first word of advice for apologizing. Never include the word but in the apology. There are no buts about it. Benjamin Franklin said, never ruin a good apology with an excuse. When we put the word but or other qualifier in the sentence, we're seeking to justify minimize or explain our behavior, not apologize for it. Sure, in this case, in most cases, I had some legitimate reasons for my outburst. The kids were being disrespectful. But that's not the point of the apology. The apology was about my behavior, not theirs. Those other issues were addressed later. In that moment, we needed, we need to say, I'm sorry. I needed to say, I'm sorry. Because the people to whom we are apologizing, those kids would have, pick up on our insecurity, insincerity, excuse me, if we try to excuse our behavior, negating the value of the apology. We have to be sincere. Remember Franklin. Never ruin a good apology with an excuse. Now, there are many types of situations in which we'll find the need to apologize. It often happens on the job when somebody else's workmanship isn't living up to our expectations and we lose our temper with them, maybe even yell at them. We often need to apologize to our spouses or children for losing our tempers when we encounter those little conflicts 
which arise from living together. We may sometimes need to issue apologies in more serious situations where we've done something intentionally or unintentionally that harms somebody else. It might be a valuable exercise for you to make a list of potential offenses that would demand an apology from you or have demanded an apology. It could be a long list. The main point that I have been trying to make is that saying we're sorry is a good thing and we probably ought to do it more often. One of the most famous quotes about saying we're sorry comes from the blockbuster 1970 hit love story with Allie McGraw and Ryan O'Neill as Jenny and Oliver, lovely young couple. And if you saw the movie or read the book, you remember the line, love means you never have to say you're sorry. It occurs twice in the film, once after Oliver apologizes to Jenny for losing his temper out of frustration, and at the end of the film, when Oliver's dad apologizes to Oliver for having disowned him. Love means you never have to say you're sorry. While true love is unconditional, and we should forgive the ones we love, my experience in marriage and in counseling is quite the opposite of a love story quote. I've found that love means you have to constantly say you're sorry. The apologizing and forgiving process is what heals relationships. So let's look at what it really takes to say we're sorry. The first thing that we have to do to say we're sorry may seem obvious. We have to identify and own what we have to be sorry about. This isn't as easy as it sounds because we have built-in defense mechanisms that constantly affirm what we say or do. We like to think we're right. If we are sensitive, however, we can overcome those self-defense mechanisms because our consciences are constantly sending us little message, messages that let us know when we've done something wrong. So listen to that twinge in your gut that you get, which makes you think, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I pushed that joke too far. So it's probably time to apologize, to say you're sorry. Don't ignore your gut. Any apology requires some honest self-evaluation. Now also, be sensitive to the person you may have offended or wronged. If somebody seems upset with you, or in the worst case, cuts off the relationship with you, don't assume that they're just being overly sensitive. Instead, show a little empathy and think about how you might feel in a similar situation. Even if the person seems to be overly sensitive, remember, some of us have thicker skins than others. Some of us can just let things go. Some of us can't. Now, after some self-reflection, it's time to say that you're sorry. Now, the closer to the event that the apology is offered, the better. Otherwise, hurts tend to fester, and our guilt builds up resistance to the apology until 
We'd rather just break off the relationship than face them. And we'd self-justify. Or we just kind of filed away in that dusty part of our soul where we store our regrets. And remember, simply say, I'm sorry. No buts allowed. Delivery of the apology is important. In general, unless it's something very minor, it's best to find a quiet place and time, look the person in the eye, and say, I'm sorry. Early in our marriage, my wife and I engaged in regular marriage counseling, maybe twice a year, not to correct serious problems, but just to perform regular checkups on the health of our relationship. Somebody recommended that to us. And one time out of carelessness, I used a dresser that had some sentimental value to her as a makeshift sawhorse. We kept it stored in the garage, so I didn't take the time to consider how much she valued it. Now, being a somewhat inept woodworker, I ended up sawing a deep six-inch slash on the top of the dresser. My wife was terribly upset and cried as she explained not only what the dresser meant to her, but how careless and unthinking I was. Being about as inept at apologizing as I was with a skill saw, I mounted a swift defense, citing how the dresser was in bad shape anyway, and it would probably remain in the garage until we threw it away. Besides, I could fix it good as new, which we both knew wasn't possible. Anyway, after a couple days' attention, the crisis passed. But more had been damaged than the dresser. At my wife's next regular counseling appointment, her counselor understood her upset and suggested that she had me get down on my knees, look her in the eyes, and tell her how sincerely sorry I was. You know, at that point, I was truly sorry, if only because I saw how much pain my action had inflicted on both of us. I agreed and did just what the counselor had suggested. And in the process, I have to admit, I became aware that just moving on hadn't really solved the problem, and I really hadn't said I was sorry. And I felt much better just saying those words in that humble position on my knees. I'm sorry. I also learned that it's not only saying sorry that's important, but also how you say you're sorry and how we communicate our sincerity. sincerity. Maybe getting down on your knees or you'll just have to find your own way. Believe me, that was not the last time either of us had to apologize. And, by the way, 35 years later, that dresser still resides in the garage. And I kind of repaired it. The next step in an effective apology is to own the mistake and show the offended person that we're willing to take responsibility for our actions. It helps to describe exactly how we hurt them so that they know 
were truly aware of what we did. For example, I'm sorry that I butted in while you were trying to make a point at that meeting. That must have embarrassed and, and frustrated you. I was wrong to try to take the tension away from you when it wasn't my turn. In making a statement like that, we make it clear that we're not trying to avoid responsibility through our apology. Whenever possible, we should state what we are going to do to right the situation. In a case of a simple interruption, such as I mentioned above, it may be enough to state our intention to try to never re repeat that behavior. But an apology isn't wor worth much if we keep on doing it. In, mo in more serious cases, it may be necessary <clears throat> to lay out in some detail what we're going to do uh, right in the next situation. Let's take an extreme example. <clears throat> it, I draw this from someone's personal experience. You decide that you're going to cut down a dead tree in your backyard. It's not very big. It's expensive to hire one of those professional tree services. As the tree begins to fall, you suddenly realize the value of hiring a professional. The trunk of the tree lurches in an unexpected direction. It crashes through your fence and crashes down on your neighbor's new car, caving in the roof and blowing out all the windows. Now, after you say you're sorry, it would be a good time to lay out your plan for reparations. I'm sorry. I've called my insurance agent. I'm sure that they'll pay for the damage, but I'll pay for any deductible that you might incur. It was my fault, and I'll hire a professional to come and clean up the mess. And I won't try anything like that again. Going out of your way to help your neighbor make your neighbor whole will be worth it if it helps you maintain a good relationship with them. Well, apologizing is tough work. We're almost through. After you've talked things through with that person, the person you've offended and offered a plan for righting the wrong, formally ask for forgiveness. Depending upon the circumstances, forgiveness may or may not be immediately forthcoming. It may never come. In case your offense is quite serious, you may say, I understand how hurt you are, and you may need some time to think about it but I value your relationship and will do my best to be a better colleague, a better friend in the future. Well, have you thought of a few things you should have apologized for in the past but didn't have the courage to do? Although it's best to apologize as soon as we recognize our mistakes, it's never too late to say we're sorry. A belated apology may be met with surprise, that person may not even remember it. On the other hand, that person may have held that wrong in their heart for years. And if so, belated healing may occur. So that's it. Own the offense. Say you're sorry. No buts. Ask forgiveness. Then don't do it again. So say you're sorry. You won't be sorry you did. 
Thanks for joining me. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And until next time, here's Miss Brenda Lee.